Hello, listeners. Hey, everyone. I'm Kay. I'm Craig. And Craig, where are you right now? I am in a little town. You might have heard of it. If you haven't, it's kind of up and coming, super underground. Mm -hmm. Um, Nashville, Tennessee. I've heard of Tennessee um, because you're the only 10 I see. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, Craig is currently on a rooftop um, getting bitten by bugs. I am while drinking kombucha. These are the sacrifices we make for you all, like um, the random people who listen to it but don't know who we are, because apparently that's a big part of our listener base, which is cool. Um, Yeah. We're glad you're here. Um, Thank you for joining us. Yeah, today we're doing a bit of a a season one finale. Yeah. um, Where we're just going to do like a quick little roundup of the things we've really been enjoying this year. Um, Do you know what's fun about this finale too? And like going forward, we're going to be filming in different time zones. I know. It is currently 537 in New York and 437 in Tennessee. It is. Oh my gosh. It's like sneak peek from the future an hour later Mm -hmm. the sun's gonna go down it's actually not going down because it's it's uh july summer summer babe um yeah it is the summer it's the end of july so it's like it does not feel like a hot girl summer let me tell you all i don't know a little bit you wouldn't be able to tell but i mean i went back to work and usually my my field we don't work in the summer so uh, they start a little bit earlier down here. Um, mm-hmm. It's also very hot. Yeah, it's been hot up north as well, but I heard different. Yeah, it's it's not a dry heat. It's not really a dry yeah. heat in Tennessee either, though. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not as humid down here that than it is in Long Island. I do not miss the humidity, and like all all my coworkers and friends I've been making, they're complaining about how hot and humid it is. And I'm like, baby girl, I'm like, you do not know what humidity is until mm-hmm. you live on an island. I'm like, you go nothing. outside and you're just sticky. Yeah, you're too sticky. Um, <laughs> what should I call it? What's even thing? Oh yeah. So basically, we, it's like a mid year roundup, even though it's quite literally still still very much 2021 almost the start of the eighth month of this year which is not halfway through as you might um know if you know math but listen we got started on this podcast in like march um and so basically it's mid-year for us it's been six months ish um and so you know and at the end of this season if you will we want to just not have a specific topic and just be free to talk about whatever we want to talk about, even though, you know, we do pick our topics. So there are usually things we want to talk about, but especially yes. these things, these are things that maybe we haven't spoken about on the pod yet or have not spoken about enough. Yeah. So just to give the listeners at home a little bit about our, our, oh, that voice crack. I was like, oh. Oh, girl. (laughs) Am I hitting puberty? Am I going through puberty again? You're going through Tennessee puberty now. I really am. When you go to a different state, you have to hit it again. Yeah. Um, So basically what this half year wrap up looks like for us and, you know, the, um, the fluidity of our, our topics today. So obviously this is a pop culture podcast. So we try to incorporate 
different avenues of pop culture. So today we're going to talk about some of our favorite TV shows, our favorite films, favorite albums um, in the year 2021. And what that looks like, it doesn't mean it had to come out in 2021. Maybe it's something we stumbled upon in 2021 that we didn't watch when it was released Mm -hmm. or we didn't listen to or we just didn't partake in. So we really want to take this opportunity to, you know, explore it from a realm of like, hey, it doesn't matter what year something comes out. um, Whenever you find it, it's important to you for some shape, reason, form whatsoever. Exactly, exactly. Oh, I just heard a loud thump from the other room. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. We'll find out. Um, so yeah, we have three categories. We have TV shows, movies, and albums. Those seem to be the big three. Um, we're not such fans of print media. What is a book? I'm just kidding. But I haven't honestly read enough books or plays or other or listened to enough podcasts, ironically enough, this year to like, mm. properly name a top five. So, sorry. It's um, all right. And we're not really necessarily ranking these one through five either. Because yeah. let's just save our judgment for a later pod. Yeah, we'll just like talk about them as, you know, as they go. We're just going to throw them randomly in order of mm-hmm. just like things we appreciate. So we're showing equal, you know, appreciation for our choices today. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll start with TV shows. Um, this is one I'm sure, I don't even actually, I might not have spoken about this on the podcast at all, but I've spoken a lot about it in real life with other people, and I spent a good amount of time watching it this year, and it's from the 90s, so that's around when I was born, and it is The Nanny. I knew it. Yeah, of course. Um... I loved this show. I loved watching the show. I love Fran Drescher. I I thoroughly enjoyed my time watching it. I started it a little bit before I went to Massachusetts. I watched a bit of it while I was like not on set, but like after we like wrapped up for that day, I'd come back to the house we were staying in and I'd watch like an episode two of the nanny. And that was really fun. And I just How long did it take you to watch it? probably like fully like a month maybe no probably uh-huh. a month and a half it took me a while i mean there are how many seasons eight no i think there's like six seasons um I'm look 20 something episodes each though um but i very much enjoyed my time watching it i loved all the characters um i thought it was very funny i love Fran's style. Um, yeah. There were six seasons of the show. Six, I was correct. A- after being wrong twice, I was correct. Um, yeah, because they added it to HBO Max. So I was like, you know what? I know a bunch Let's of people. Give it a try. Then so many people were like, you haven't watched it? And I was like, I was born in 98. Like, that was the year. No, I ended in 99, I think. Actually. 99, yeah. But, so, like, the, the, the penultimate year. Yeah. Actually, the episode that came out, I think the first season started right after, not first season, the fifth season started right after my, I was born. And that was, like, a very pivotal episode part type thing. Um, so that was interesting that that was culturally going on at the same time that I was culturally being born. 
and physically yeah. being born in so many ways. Um, so that's just just one of the things I I really enjoyed. Um, I'll turn the I don't even know what the hell I was trying to say. Pass the baton. Yeah, pass the baton. Yeah, that's pass it. the baton. Those are words. That's it. Um, the first show I'm going to talk about, um, it did not start in 2021, but I started watching it in 2021. The show actually started in 2012, so I, I swapped some numbers. Um, the show Veep on oh, Veep. HBO okay. yeah. um, with uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is the protagonist. Tony Hale is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Walsh just to name a few. And basically, for those who don't know the show, the premise of it is um, Julia Dreyfus's character is the vice president of the United States. Um, and it's just like the ins and outs of the White House and what is happening behind the scenes politically. It's very reminiscent of that like mockumentary type sitcom comedy where like I I would Mm -hmm. categorize it in terms of like stylistically it's very office parks and rec like Mm -hmm. um it's very dry quick-witted humor um transition scenes are really quick um however I'm gonna say it it's a lot funnier than those shows it's also it's on HBO I'm trying to see who's who the writers are it's uh TV Mature so it's on HBO, so it's a lot more vulgar too, and I think that's where a lot of the humor comes into, you know, play. So, fun facts: someone might have to fact check this, but this is what I was told by someone, and why the show is so funny. So, um, what the writers did was, I think they went to—I don't know if it was like one or multiple like Ivy League schools—and like basically found like really like intellectual students and handed them pictures of the cast and was like write your like most witty insults you can come up with for these Mm. people and it is just it's one of those shows where like they're really quick i think they're like 20 something minute episodes maybe Mm -hmm. but you just like fall what hbo comedies usually are yeah, like you just fall in love with the characters and just like, again, it's so great because it's so politically accurate where you have like these figures um, appear one way to the public and like literally as, as soon as like the door closes, they're like, what the fuck was that? And they're like mm-hmm. getting all like worked up and it's just, it was a good show to, you know, I feel like go into um, in the midst of a still global pandemic and like bringing light to um some dark times so yeah i'm gonna pass i'm gonna pass the glass back to you oh pass the plate on disney channel yeah pass the plate (laughs) i love zucchini um yeah i i really want to watch beep it's on my freaking list oh this is so long okay so this one's one that i we might both have on our list i don't know if you put it on your list or not but it's a new show. It came out this year on HBO, and it's called Hacks. Of course, I put this on my list. Was of I the one course. who bombarded you to watch this? You did. You did. Yeah. You did. Um. So this show is just so great. It's like as funny as it is, like emotionally, like perplexing, and it's just so interesting. 
they balance the emotions very well in the show. Like there's yeah. moments where it's funny. There's moments where it's sad, lighthearted. There's moments when you're happy. Like they really just, the writers, chef's kiss. Yeah. I, I would, I can confidently say I would kiss all the writers on the mouth. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm vaccinated. They deserve, they de- <laughs> they deserve it. <laughs> they deserve it. I'm vaccinated, baby. Um, yeah, everyone on the show is so good too. Um, Jean Smart. Jean Smart. Ugh. She better get that goddamn Emmy. Um, can we talk about how it has fifteen Emmy nominations? As it as it should, as it should. As it should. As it should. And also our queen, Megan Stalter. Megan Stalter. She, as everyone on the Bird app knows, she is the moment. She mm-hmm. is an icon. She She's is. a star. Hi, She's Gabby. very. Hi, guy. She is just very original. She's very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's very creative. She's so talented. She, everything about her, I adore her. I'm seeing her soon for a, a comedy show. I'm really excited to see her live. Um, but basically, so many people fall in love with her character, even though it's more of a minor character, which is so amazing because like everyone's mm-hmm. like we want to see a spin-off show of her character and like I see what yeah. she does all day <laughs> yeah exactly besides like not her job <laughs> evidently my favorite line is i forget the like the the exact like verbatim line but she calls up um the protagonist on accident mm-hmm. who's like the assistant to jean smart and she's Ava, like what right? up girl Ava? yes she's like what up girl when we go into the club <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> Girl, we're going to the club. It's so funny. She's it's, just so it's na- her naturally too. funny. It's yeah, just the way naturally. she says it is always, oh, yeah, I love her. But Ugh. the fact that Jean Smart plays her own wax figure in the show, mm-hmm. like, give her the goddamn Emmy already. Come she on. Needs, she, she needs all the awards for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when I read that article, I was like, I mean, I don't know. She. I could just like, she's one of those actresses who you can just tell brings 110% to like her oh, yeah. role to set, just to even to set, like, like for you to be able to be so versatile with her character and it, anyone who watched the show and you watch that character grow. Um, again, she just, she, ugh, words, words do not come to mind because mm-hmm. she's just so powerful. She, yeah. I it's a powerful cast that. of women. What cannot can recommend it enough. Yeah. We really can't. We're not being paid by HBO, by the way, but if they want to I pay wish us, we were. No, like they don't it's, listen, they don't even have to pay us. Just sponsor they can us just, in general. Yeah, send us merch. Send I would us like settle love. for yeah, for like a baseball hat. I would settle for an HBO Max tote bag and like mm. swag bag full of goodies. Yeah. I'd settle. At HBO Max. Um at them okay so do okay i'll say another one since we have that one in common okay um so the third one i have on my list i don't know why i just started talking like that for some reason um is the second season of a show that came out i think two years ago at this point but it came the second season came out just this month and that is um i think you should leave it's a like a sketch comedy show on netflix um it is so funny if you don't find it funny i guess we just 
don't have the same sense of humor. Um, it is what it is. Uh, basically, the show, it's a sketch show, um, but it's mostly written and acted by Tim Robinson, who is an SNL alum. And we know how I feel about SNL. Um, but he was also like on during some of my favorite years of SNL. And he's just so funny. The show so much has to do with like the extreme someone goes to, but like just to save face. Um, and it's also just ridiculous. I showed Craig an episode of this. We were so we like we like to. Get I wanted food. to bring that memory up. <laughs> we like to get food and like watch something either before or after we record, um, which we're not doing today because um, we're not in the same location. But um, so we were just watch waiting like we wanted to watch something short. And I was like, oh, there's this show I really like. I want to show you this. It's it's funny. He's like, if I don't laugh, like I'm gonna hate you. I put on one of the episodes. In two minutes, he's on the floor crying. I was crying. It was so... <laughs> Do you remember what sketch it was? It was the one about the magician. Yes. <laughs> um, where Tim Robinson's character gets, like, not cucked by a magician, but, like, you know... Upstaged. Like, yeah, he gets, you know, magicians who are just like, oh, you idiot, you fell for this trick, ha, ha, ha. Um, but in this, um, Cecily Strong, the wife... Um, she gets deals with the deals with yeah. the aftermath of secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was gonna bring up that memory that like so that will like stay with me forever <laughs> I just, like, because <laughs> I was truly up. in a bad I was truly in a bad mood too. I so remember that day, and I just remember being like, "If do this doesn't make me laugh, so help me God, like I will <laughs> strangle you." And I ended, you know. I don't know what forces out there, but they are good because mm -hmm. they, they brought me to my knees and I was crying laughing. So kudos to them. Mm -hmm. um, Conor O'Malley is also on the show a lot. And I think he's so fucking funny as well as Patty Harrison, who is too funny for Twitter so much so that they kicked her off um, for impersonating Nilla Wafers. But that's a conversation for another day. Highly recommend it. The episodes are super short. They're like 16, 17 minutes. There's like yeah. four or five sketches on, in each of them. If you want to understand anything I say on Twitter, you got to watch them. You got to watch them. Uh, so that was my number three, even though this isn't a ranking. Um, I'm passing the plate <laughs> back to Craig. Back to cultural Nashville, Tennessee. Um, so my number three on my list, this show actually did start in 2021. Ooh. I, I had to look it up because I thought it came out in 2020, but no, it actually just, it came out in January, literally the very mm. beginning of 2021. Um, it's from the same creators as Bob's Burgers. It yeah. is the Great North. I, yeah, you keep, that's another one you keep recommending to me yes. that I keep forgetting about. It's yeah. okay. So it is on Hulu, folks. Um, so just like a little um, synopsis of the show. So it, on Google, it says, Following the Alaskan adventures of the Tobin family as a single dad, Beef does his best to keep his weird bunch of kids close, especially his own daughter, Judy, whose artistic dreams lead her away from her family 
fishing boat and into the glamorous world of the local mall. Rounding out the family are Judy's older brother, Wolf, and his fiance, Honeybee, her middle brother, Ham, and 10-year-old going on 50 little brother, Moon. Um, while their mom is not in the picture, Judy seeks guidance from her new boss, Allison, and her imaginary friend, which is my favorite part of the show. They literally got Alanis Morissette as a recurring character, and she I plays see herself. I am DB now. Mm-hmm. As she's like in, the, she is the she is the Northern Lights. She is Alanis Morissette in the Northern Lights, and Judy goes to seek uh, guidance from her since she doesn't have her mom. Um, you know, going into shows where it's created by a, a group of people who already have a very successful show, there's a lot of pressure, I think, for it to live up to the same, you know, expectations as the the um, sibling show. Mm-hmm. And I actually talked to a coworker about the show today. They're like, yeah, I watched like the first episode. I really didn't get into it. Like it wasn't Bob's Burgers. And I was like, okay, that's your problem. I'm like, <laughs> you need to separate the two Mm -hmm. yeah like let it be its own entity and go back into it because honestly i became obsessed with the show i think it is just as great as bob's burgers it's so funny the characters are so endearing you really fall in love with them also it currently has 100 percent on ron tomatoes like you cannot deny its star power it's so and it has such a great cast too. Mm-hmm. Jenny Slate is in it. Love too. her. Yeah, she but plays Judy. She plays Judy, so we mm-hmm. love her. We have Nick Offerman who mm-hmm. plays the father. Um, those are like the top two actors in the show that I really know. Um, and again, like all the characters are really diverse, and it's just like a fun plot. And I love how it takes place in Alaska because, mm-hmm. like, honestly, not many. Not many forms of media, whether it be television shows, movies, whatever, really explore certain regions. And I feel like Alaska being one of them. Um, yeah. And even though even though it's a comedy, like, I don't know, it's a really cool setting to have a show in and see this like different global perspective, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm excited to watch it at some point. Yeah. Because I will, I, really I swear to God. Um, I'm I currently... I still haven't finished Bob's Burgers, even though I know we've spoken about it a few times on the pod because we both really yes. love it. Um, but I'm currently watching, I'm like in the middle of watching actually, uh, uh, BoJack Horseman, which isn't on my mm. list because I didn't finish it yet. So I didn't want to be like, I loved it just in case like the last season I hate or something. Yeah. Um, but i i've been trying to get back into like animated shows because underrated slash they are sometimes um they can be there's a there's a a nifty balance between finding ones that are over underrated and finding what like you know piques your interest i think for the longest time i refused to get into them because i didn't think they were like real television i had that like miss that misnomer that misconception of like this yeah like any animated uh film or tv show it's like it's inherently seems like it's for kids but that's just or not even like for kids but it's like lesser than yeah i hate that so um yeah i hate that hate that we gotta open up our our minds and our eyes to new stuff so now just a medium baby i'm gonna toss we're we're gonna come up with new analogies i'm tossing (laughs) that football back to you i just got it (laughs) <laughs> oh, she got it. Ooh. Um, 
So this one is something that I, I've tried, I had tried watching like twice before and just couldn't ever get really into it or finish it. And so I just restarted it in like January or something, or maybe even December. And I finally finished it. I loved it. Um, But I mean, I kind of knew I was going to love it. It just took me those, like it had, I had to get past like the fourth episode for me to really like sink my teeth in. And that is Twin Peaks. Okay. Um, oh, someone joined the chat. <laughs> Hello. They <laughs> heard me talk Reveal about Reveal yourself. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is David Lynch. So I was going to like it regardless, but it's just yeah. a well-crafted show. Even when it like gets weird in the second season, like not even David Lynch weird, but just like, I don't know where this is going weird Um, because essentially they solve the mystery Okay. um, at the beginning slash halfway through the second season so they have to like start a new mystery halfway through the second season and it's just like what and it's kind of like okay let's just get through this and then like the last two episodes in the entire show are amazing so that was Mm. weird but like it's just so well done. Just the characters and the setting are all just so layered and complex and interesting. And like David Lynch just creates this like mythology with everything that he does and comments yeah. on the deepest emotions, a lot of them being like anxiety, fear, loss, um, and just transformations in general. That's one of the things that he uh, comments a lot. I don't know if it has to do with his own youth but usually it does it yeah it does um i have yet to watch it it's been on my list forever i know it's it's one of the it's one of those things i, I know i need to mentally throw my whole like brain into it and yeah. really so like that's why yeah i can so i need the time to in order to do that however i think it's so sad the reason why what what is to get me into the show and why i'm so intrigued is i forever saw those memes on Twitter and like other social platforms of I believe it's like the protagonist or one of them with like the llama or the alpaca or something. What? And like a certain episode. There's an episode. Yes, I'm not going crazy. It's definitely Twin Peaks. I'm gonna pull it up on my phone. A llama takes place in um Washington, I wanna say. Hold up, hold up. It's literally this image. Oh, what? Oh, I don't remember that at all. But yeah, that is that is Dale Cooper and some animal. I thought it's not what I thought you were going to reference at all. I thought you were going to reference like the Red Room thing. No, oh, okay. So I found it. So the episode, I think it's called The One-Armed Man. And there's like a description. It says, t- literally, like, it's the character's Twin Peaks llama icon. It gets his own character. So it says a llama was a patient at um, Lidecker Veterinary Clinic at February in February 1989 when FBI Special Agent Dale Cooper and Sheriff Harry S. Truman went to the clinic to follow up on a lead of a bird belonging to Jacques Renault. The llama walked between them mid-conversation and snorted in Cooper's face. Okay. I do remember that. I remember that episode. That's one of the earlier episodes, I believe. But... Yes. Um, but I just always love seeing that, like, 
that meme. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever. I'm on a different part of Twitter than you, apparently. Apparently, because <laughs> I wish I had more of that. On my She's like, I want llama content. I want llama content, but yeah, I really want to make a pilgrimage to the the city of Twin Peaks now. Because yes, I want to see those waterfalls. I want to go to the diner. I want to go crazy, go stupid, ah. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, I was about to say something, but it, it escaped my brain. So, oh well. Um, so my number four. Okay. What an, are you gonna use an analogy, or am I just no? Just going into it because I was like yeah, trying yeah. to figure one out just now. Like, she's uh. like, she's like, oh, we did sports. Shit. We we did we did culinary. <laughs> what are we doing? Um, my number four is a show that just ended. So it didn't start in 2021, mm-hmm. but it ended in 2021. Um, I. I I need to finish the, the final season. I watched the first couple episodes and then like life got busy, but um, Pose on FX. Oh, okay. Um, as we know, it is a Ryan Murphy show and we know how we feel about Ryan Murphy. I can't believe he even said his name. It's like Beetlejuice. You can't say it a third time or something's going to happen. It's like Candyman. Yeah. Yeah. You um, can't do it. <laughs> It is his, it's his best show. It's the best thing he's ever worked on. Um, it has a really great cast. Um, and I, it, this is like a, one of those things that's I think challenging to talk about because the, the premise of the show centers around trans lives and being a person who is not a trans person, I feel like I cannot give it enough justice to speak on it. Mm-hmm. Um, just being like, you know, in the LGBTQ plus community isn't really enough for me to like give my two cents be like, this is what I think. But love how they actually got trans people to play trans characters. That is super important. Um, the storylines are just, from, from the pilot episode, you are hooked. You you follow these characters through their journey. And it was a short-lived show. It was only a couple seasons. Um, But like I said, you really fall for these characters. And that is the point of, I think, entertainment and just media and cinema, TV, whatever you want to call it in general. You want to be able to create something so grabbing emotionally, so realistic that you can see it being a person and they're not just a character. and it's really, so it takes place for people who don't know the show, it takes place in 1980s New York City and it follows ball culture um, within the queer and trans community. Um, like literally I'm like just getting so caught up on my words. It is just so fantastic. Like the, the actresses in there are like heroes to me, honestly. I would love to meet them one day. Like I'm such big fans of them in general. And like, they just, they again are another example of just people who probably go to that set and bring 110%. They also, I can imagine just care so much about their characters and their story because it's authentic to them. They are someone who has gone through similar stuff as their character. So they're like, we want to portray this correctly. Um, and what is so lovely about the show is there is so much gray area in terms of character interaction um, and just character arc. And it's so realistic to the human experience. Nothing is as it seems. 
Um, and there's so much growth for everyone involved. Um, of course, once you watch the show, Electra, she is the queen. Like she is just such a character that you cannot help but hate and love, mostly love. Um, I could talk about the show for hours and just ramble on nonsense, which I'm doing right now, but I'm gonna keep it at that. It's it's one of those shows I think I highly recommend not that I think I highly recommend everyone and go watch it. Even if you just watch one season. I think just to inform yourself, not only just about like the issues that are still present today, but just like the nineteen eighties and you know, the AIDS epidemic that was going on at that time and how people were viewed and how they were not protected by their government. We know exactly who I'm throwing shade at. It's not the first time we've done it on this. <laughs> not the first time we've done it on this pod and it certainly will not be the well, last. It will not be the last, baby. <laughs> we do a top five worst presidents. <laughs> Reagan's tweeting, having a great time in Nashville, having a great night in Nashville and your last, sir. His grave is a great uh, unisex restroom. I, uh... Anyway. Anyways, moving on. Um, yeah, I, I want to watch that show. I'm afraid I'll cry. That's the same reason yeah. I won't watch normal people. I just... Yes, I... Yeah, you will expect tears from Pose. Um, it has all the emotions. This is a show I didn't, I don't think I cried while watching it, but it's just- Is this your number five? This is my last one on this list. Um, I loved watching it. I found it so interesting. I played a lot of Mahjong while watching it. <laughs> it just felt like a, a very chill thing. And it's like, it was like a docu-series more than anything. And that is Pretend It's a City with Fran Lebowitz and Mar Martin Scorsese. Um, and essentially what this was is just Fran Lebowitz and uh, Martin Scorsese sitting down talking about New York and a bunch of other things about New York and oh, culture. Yeah. And if that doesn't have you hooked and wanting to watch it already, I don't, I don't know what will. <laughs> this is exact. This is a show that was created for me <laughs> specifically. They curated specifically for hey speaker um they said they, they they had like a premonition they were mm -hmm. dreaming that night and you entered their dream they're like we have it we have it um we have the blueprint i love fran lebowitz i've said it before i'll say it again she's like a dream podcast guest um Ugh. if she even knows what that is she definitely does but um this is a woman who doesn't have social media who doesn't have a cell phone who barely watches TV. She goes to the movies. Um, she'll watch, I think, the news or read a newspaper. But, and she has just like these great, like if she has an opinion, she backs it up and she doesn't care what you think about it, which is just yeah. something that more people should have, I guess, like in this culture and time of uh, caring way too much about what everyone thinks. And like, do I have the popular opinion? Um, like, if you think it's right, it's right, especially when it doesn't really matter, like, the way she thinks about sports, like, she can back it up, and, like, at the end of the day, who really cares, except for people who apparently care a lot about sports, but, 
um like even when I disagree with her on things I'm like oh, but she presents it so well that I don't even care like I wouldn't even argue with her she's yeah. just so great she's everything I aspire to be <sighs> and her and it's 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 her talking making these salient points and then Martin Scorsese just laughing wheezing and smiling and it's just it's so beautiful and I feel like this is what we're gonna be like in 50 years <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and it's That's gonna be so great true. And it's gonna be great it's fantastic it's you can just tell be. how much she loves the city and where she lives and it makes you appreciate New York more Oh, of course. I've been telling everyone that, you know, I've been meeting here in Nashville. I'm like, listen, I'm like I needed to leave New York. It's good train, good change for me. I'm like, however, I'm like, I I am biased and I will say that New York City is one it's the most magical city on earth. Mm-hmm. Nothing will change well, that. Paris was pretty magical too, but for different reasons. New York is just it's its own Thing. Notice how I didn't say the best city in the world. I said the most magical. I know. Because so it's, uh, crime speaks for folks, itself, baby. <laughs> folks, folks at home, you can unpack that yourselves. <laughs> see where that leads you. Um, so heading into my last, my number five, I guess, my last TV show that I want to talk about. Um, it is a docuseries as well. Look at us. Oh, my God. Mm. Um, definitely very different docuseries, but mm-hmm. it does take place in New York City as well. Um, so y'all at home who know me know I am a whore for true crime. And Netflix pulls up and brings us those docuseries on true crime every once in a while. Um, so at the beginning of 2021, I believe, they released... The Sons of Sam, A Descent into Madness. Um, like uh, me just blanking on words today with this podcast, not only because I had a long work day, I work um, from seven to four, um, which is weird because back home, you know, I got out of the, working at high school at 2.15. So mm-hmm. I miss that. I miss that. You um, gotta miss the high school or so. I, yeah. I miss some of them. them. Mm -hmm. Uh, That show just, I don't know, they unpacked so much theory and just so much data and evidence that the average aficionado may not have known, especially like, you know, as true crime junkies, I feel like you are pulled to like certain cases over others and there's like one you might know like really a lot of information about and the others you just know basis line so i feel like it delved into a lot of like more information that i didn't know myself um just the way it was filmed it was filmed very beautifully very great um and then just also for presentation wise like it gave the um idea that hey there may have been many people kind of underground involved, which is a really cool theory. And it also brought in the whole um, idea of like cult stuff happening behind the scenes and that like that just, oh, if we're gonna talk about true crimes, we're gonna talk about cults too. That that makes me a happy camper. I am living, I am in my 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 prime, my You're glory. <laughs> I love that stuff. I, what can I say? I know I'm sick. So like it went into like a bunch of that and mm-hmm. I was just like, 
buckled up. I think I watched it in two days. And it was like, you know, it was one of the docuseries are usually short. They're usually like four to five episodes, an hour long. I watched it in two days with some popcorn in my bed. And I, I'm one of those people who's, my sickness goes beyond loving that stuff. Like I watch that stuff to put myself to sleep at night. And that. You're mentally ill. (laughs) I know I am. And that definitely, like I slept like a baby after watching that docuseries. Let me tell you. I can't. I I got some in, new info. I got uh, it was it was wonderful. I might honestly rewatch it like within the next year or so, just to like refresh myself because there was just so much information overload that I can't even go into like specific details of the case because I don't even remember. There's just so much information. But yeah, that is rounding out our favorite TV shows of 2021. Not necessarily came out, but something that got us through these past however months yeah and i needed some of that let me tell you let me tell Um, you let me tell you so okay what's next i'm i'm thinking movies yeah okay cool um so the first one that i'm going to list is a documentary but it might as well be a movie because it, it's, I think it's in the Criterion Collection, and it's just like one of those classic documentaries, and that's uh, Grey Gardens. Um, it's very famous. It's about uh, Edie, what's her last name? Hold on, let me pull up more information so that I can fully speak about this the way it should be. Okay, so here's the plot, if you will. Meet the uh, a mother and daughter, high society dropouts, reclusive cousins of Jackie O, managing to thrive together amid the decay and disorder of your East Hampton, New York mansion, making an eerily ramshackle echo of the American Camelot. So that's uh, Edith Bouvier Beale and Edie, also known as Little Edie. And these are basically two women who have become like, again, like high society dropouts, like they're literally disgraced cousins of Jackie Kennedy um, living yes. in this decrepit old mansion in the Hamptons with this documentary crew following around and little Edie just being herself and her mother all crotchety and almost reminiscing on their youth. And part of it seems like the documentary is making fun of them. Um, but they say a lot of things that are just, you know, factual and just make sense. And, you know, they're deeply human subjects. Um, And I think, you know, it just paints such an accurate picture of what we do to people who we don't want to see around in society anymore, I guess, where, you know, they just weren't deemed fit for high society. So now they're outcast. Um, but <laughs> there's something that little Edie says where she goes she, that she doesn't like American men. She's like, it's romantic about an American stockbroker, you know, rambling on talking about his Yale days. What's so romantic about that? She prefers European men. Like she has these little witticisms that are just like so off topic. It seems like they come out of nowhere and they're, it could only be plucked out of someone random and specific's life and it's hers. And I just loved watching this. And I felt, you know, a little superior for watching an old documentary. 
Um, but I'm, I highly recommend it to anyone who, I don't know, wants just some, like it's entertaining, but it's also informative in a way. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like, you just need to do it. You just need to watch it. Yeah. It's, you know, learning new information about like someone that might be not be as popular in like terms of, you know, the media and just like you said it all like relates back to that idea of the human experience and i really um i think it's really cool here how you talked about like how what happens when like someone has like that fall from grace or they exit that idea of high society how people view them and like what do they do afterwards like what do they turn to <laughs> I, to our happened. listeners Nothing just happened. I literally just shot, dropped the glass on the floor. I'm surprised it didn't break. Honestly, that was a close one. That was bad. Girl. Girl. Um, I am I have too many things in my hand. I'm, I had to move location so I could charge my laptop because she getting on that low battery. Um, just had to kill this gross insect on my hand because it was trying to bite me. I have... Or I have all these mosquito bites all over me already. Um, yeah, do you not want to charge? Okay, I'm going to go into my number five. Okay. So mine, a lot of these, uh, forewarning to the viewers at home, Kay and I watch together, which oh, I think makes it just so much better. Um, so most of these might, again, necessarily not be a 2021 film, but we watched them together in 2021, and it mm -hmm. really summed up summed up my my life of film in 2021. So my number five, or the first one, whatever you want to say, on my list is Shiva Baby. Mm -hmm. um, that was a 2020 film, but we mm -hmm. watched it together in 2021. Fun it fact, was released it in 2021 too, so it counts. It was okay. Okay, that counts. Um, for all the lovely people at home, again, please sponsor us HBO Max. We talk about you so much. It's on HBO Max now. It is? Oh, yeah, I saw that because I think Rachel posted something about it. Um, anyone who does not know Shiva Baby, it follows a young girl who has to go to the funeral of someone in her community. I forgot how she knows the person. And basically it is a mashup of comedy and just straight up anxiety. It's honestly a horror movie. Yeah. At the end of it, the day, um, it's a horror movie. Like every every little thing that happens on, in that movie makes you want to um, cringe. Mm -hmm. And it's very, it's very 21st century too the way that they develop the characters and the film um but it's not like it's not cringy where the writers sat there and like watched two tiktoks and they were like oh this is how young people talk or act mm -hmm. which a lot of writers do nowadays we um, can tell interesting yeah at, um, no it, it's Gossip it's very Girl well reboot. oh at um Brian Murphy's new American Horror Stories. God drag her. You said his name a third time. Now oh, he's going to do some did. weird project. He's going to lock Darren Chris up in his basement. Look what you did. I know. 
I am so sorry to everyone at home and say sorry universe to because <laughs> big, yeah, sorry, Darren Chris, because now you're 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 locked into a new project in which you're going to be miserable. Oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it the Sheva Baby was written so well. All the actors in there are phenomenal, and it's just one of those movies where, like, locationally, it's very there's not a lot of setting. So it makes you feel even more claustrophobic and anxious than you already do going into it. And the scoring of the movie, we got to talk about that scoring Mm -hmm. insanity. Like you're literally just the whole movie, you're on the edge of your seat and you just want to throw up. But I promise it is a fun time. Like it's it's one of those anxious thrill rides that are definitely worth it. So go check it out. I, I will probably watch it again sometime this year. Oh, someone. I will too, because Dave has not watched it, so I need Ooh, to watch it with him. He got yeah. it, babe. He's um, got it. Okay, I'm like looking up all of mine before I talk about them so that I can give a good plot synopsis. So mm. my next one, I also watched on HBO Max. Um, <laughs> another plug, and that is 2000's In the Mood for Love, which mm. is a classic. Um, so the general synopsis is two neighbors form a strong bond after both suspect extramarital activities of their spouses. However, they agree to keep their bond platonic so as not to commit similar wrongs. Um, and it's just like this slow, beautiful, intoxicating movie about these two people who have so much in common and are just like finding joy and friendship with each other and that developing and then them trying to avoid that and it's just it's just so good and it, like intoxic intoxicating is really the only way I can describe it um it's so goddamn good I recommend it to anyone who likes foreign film or wants to get into more foreign film loves you know either like a period drama or just a general romance film. So good, so worth, you know, paying attention to a movie and reading subtitles, like it's not that hard. Um, I really, I really enjoyed it. Cannot recommend it enough. I might see it at, it's currently playing on the big screens in the Uh. center at their, um, yeah. But I loved it. Now I'll I'll pass it back, if you will. Oh, you froze for a second. I'm so sorry. I thought you froze. So it's my internet connection is unstable. No, it's not. Go shut up. <laughs> okay. But no, thank back you for you. sharing that. I can't wait to add that to my list. Um wow, that you're you're literally giving me a run for my money. You're you're picking all these very like artistic, like Oh, it gets stupider. Don't worry. <laughs> a cr- a criterion choices and all mine are just like. Listen, all, all. Um, all film is film. Yeah. They're all yeah. made on cameras and shit. Since we are talking about all film is film, I, I need to bring it up. So last night, Dave and I were trying to find a movie. Okay. And. I we were on Amazon Prime maybe, and I saw the stepfather was on there, the remake from two thousand nine, and I'm like, you know, this is 
garbage fantastic cinema like it's in that genre of like late 2000s horror films that attempted to be horror films and they just weren't but they're still so good like they're not like you sit there like it has a 13 percent on rotten tomatoes for a reason but it's still fantastic and he was just too wary. I, I showed him the trailer. He's like, it just doesn't like look good. I'm like, yeah, but like you have to go in. Like, I don't know how to describe those films. You still love them. It is the same way that I am then where like you try to get us to watch these horrible horror films. And yes. you're like, oh, but it's worth it. But it's like, is it? <laughs> Listen, honestly, <laughs> it has, um, what's his name? I always forget his name. <sighs> Penn Badgley from oh, gossip okay. the original gossip girl yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and from you yes oh you yes i forget about that show sometimes honestly and that's a fever dream easy a right? yes my, my favorite film now. come on come on now, now. he's in he, he's in that movie so it's like how can you not just watch it anyways going into my number four counting down counting up to whatever uh jennifer's body Oh, we watched so, that together too. <laughs> we did another movie we watched together. I told you a lot of these we watched together. So again, mm-hmm. that is in a 2021 film. It's from 2009. For those who don't know it, it is a cult classic now, which is really interesting because it didn't come out that long ago and now it's considered a cult classic. Well, it came out 12 years ago. Yeah, I guess. That's, that's, yeah. You know, when I associate cult classics, I think of like 90s or 80s and, er- yeah. and earlier. So mm-hmm. the fact that like, you know, it, the list is growing is scary. We're just getting older. So the synopsis is Jennifer um, is this high school, um, you know, Google labels her as a hottie and they are not wrong. Hell yeah. Jennifer is a hottie and she is possessed by a, God knows what it is. I forget the, what the, the term they use, a succubus. That's it. Mm. She's possessed by a succubus, and if you watch the movie, you will see why. And she starts eating boys. And her her best friend, who's a little nerdy, her name is Needy, learns what happens, and she tries to put an end to all this. Um, that movie just knows how to take camp and look it right in the eye. Um, we. I suppose. <laughs> we. Um, What, what I can say holistically and honestly about the film, it is a great film. The dialogue is super cringy and god-awful, but, but it, it was like, too... Yeah, it encapsulates what it, what it was like to be a teenager in 2009. 2009, so it is very accurate. Um, but no, it's definitely worth a watch. It is, it's very female empowering. To an extent. Um, <clears throat> to an extent. Um, I don't know. It just remind. It also. It's one of those things that makes me a little sad to see. Obviously, we've talked about this on the channel before. What happened to um, Megan Fox as just like an actress as, and just as a human being in general, and how like the public treated her, um, and how she was just I don't know objectified. She she is the the um, the the microcosm of the male gaze. Yeah, she really is. Um, it's just a fun film. It really is. That's all I'm going to say about it's it, honestly. It's definitely worth a watch. It's so worth a watch. I enjoyed watching it. It was it was very fun. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think there are a lot of ways to look at it through different lenses. 
Um, yeah. And that makes it extra fun. Um, yeah. I I recommend. I co-sign that with you. We're just signed with John Hancock. We're signing in the air. Yeah. Um, okay. So my next one is on Disney Plus, actually. Oh, no. And that is Luca, baby. Okay. I respect. I respect. Okay. So I mean I don't I, I, I don't have that much to say about it other than like it's just really cute and I enjoyed it a lot and it made me laugh and cry and feel joy and pain. Um and I need people to stop calling it like Disney's Call Me By Your Name because it's better than Call Me By Your Name and it doesn't have Army Hammer or Pedophilia in it. So um that's that on that. Um, and it's just, it's like, a lot of people said it was like too small to be like a Disney or Pixar movie. And it's like, I kind of like when the stakes are lower and the, the scope is smaller. Um, it's so much easier to digest and it gives you time to really dig into the emotions of the characters. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the metaphors were done really well. And it's just also just really pretty i think that film comes off it comes off small because the messages are a lot more subtle and that that was very intentional too it was very um a lot of people compared it to like studio ghibli films where like um something like my neighbor totoro is it seems like a just vibes movie if you will um but i really like movies like that i think it's okay not to be you know Big, building this huge world and have all these like different elements that you have to balance and all this backstory just to have you know them be like there are these fish people who live under the water and um the people on land don't like them and that's all the backstory you need yeah. i think that's great like it's simple mm-hmm. um very much recommend it if you have disney plus it is free to watch you don't have to pay that $30 bullshit so I also really liked that that I didn't have to pay freaking $30 to watch a movie in your own house in my own home <sighs> can't believe Disney I went so I went to the theaters to watch Black Widow and so it was only $14 and that's all it needs to be sure okay <laughs> are we surprised with Disney trying to um jump on any capitalistic opportunity yet I'm not, not. Mm-hmm. Um, ask the audience go. <laughs> <laughs> going into my number three this is another film we watched together girl get some original shit <laughs> I know honestly and honest it's probably one of my favorite films I've watched in, a, in quite some time and that film is from 2006, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, I love that That's probably, probably one of my favorite films I watched, we've watched together, like mm-hmm. with each other. Um, <clears throat> so for anyone who doesn't know what the film is about, um, the Hoover family, um, a man, his wife, an uncle, a brother, and a grandfather, um, puts the fun back and dysfunctional by uh, piling into a VW. Oh my goodness, there's a giant bug and I'm trying to remain calm I right just now. saw it on the camera. <laughs> it was huge. 
huge um, <laughs> by piling into a VW bus and heading to California to support their daughter and her uh, bid to win Little Miss Sunshine contest. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone in this film is basically pushed to their limits and um, well, a different limit. <laughs> yeah, into their into different aspects. Mm -hmm. um, every character, well, it has a, a great cast. You know, Tony Collette's in it. And, and, and Australian, to, <laughs> or Australian queen. Greg Kinnear is in it. He is. Um, um, one of my personal favorites, Paul Dano, is in it. Yes. Um, so much. And honestly, I'm about to get a lot of hate right now. I'm not the biggest Steve, Steve Carell fan. However. He is so much better in like dramatic roles. Dramas, yes. He, comedic roles. He should stick to dramas because I was very he can, much. Uh, he adds the lightness to dramatic situations. But when yes. he sinks into like a deep dramatic role, he is so good. Mm -hmm. Like so good. It's like the same thing we did to like Jack Black where almost like you know he was seen as like aha fat funny guy he can only be like the punching bat or like some anti-hero kind of a thing but like as a romantic lead he is so good and we've underutilized yeah. him so Ooh, true i'm so mad about it um what i love about this film is the the little girl played by Abigail breslin olive hoover mm -hmm. um anyone at home who knows me Kay knows me. I hate children. <laughs> I despise them. And honestly, and so wait, she what, what do you do for a living? <laughs> okay, let me let me differentiate everyone. So we all know what I do for a living. However, I hate little kids. I love big kids. So if they're like 10, 11 and up, you can bring them over to me. That don't take that out of context. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> Bring them to get some academic support. There we okay. go. Um, yeah, I just, you know, little kids. I was not in this time right now. I'm not meant to be a father and I know that. And I I take what I take what I know and I run with it. I'm not gonna go. God did not want you to have child. He made you the way that you are for a reason. He, he made me gay for a reason, for yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> No, but her her character actually like I'm like wow maybe I don't hate kids like she she's was great. so worth it she's she's phenomenal and, and obviously I'm not gonna spoil the end usually sometimes we do on the channel but today I'm not going to it's one of those endings where I was very satisfied with it and that's all I'm gonna say mm -hmm. yep it's it's just it's one of my comfort movies and I know I did say that on the comfort movie pod. Um, I'm just like, whenever I go through any transition in my life, I watch it. And I think it was, was the last movie we watched together? Maybe. It I was it one was. of. Um, and that is just beautiful to me. Yeah. Uh, snaps. Snaps for a little bit of sunshine. We love it. Um, I also watch Ruby Sparks by the same writers. Like, maybe two weeks ago, and I, I liked that a lot, too. Um, it's not on my list, though. Um, <laughs> the next one on my list is Amadeus, which came out in 1984, um, which, you know, is the life, success, and troubles of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, 
as told by Antonio Salieri, the contemporaneous composer who is insanely jealous of Mozart's talent and claimed to have murdered him. Um, It's just, okay, so it's a long ass movie. It is two hours and 40 minutes and I watched the director's cut, which I think had an additional 10 minutes. So it's like a three hour freaking movie. Um, Insanely worth it. Oh my God, it is so good. It's like- The director cuts are always worth it. That's true. Um, Like this is what movies were meant to be. Um, If you love music, you gotta watch it. Like I I was really into classical music when I was younger. Um, And like this almost like reinvigorated me with that because like the way that Salieri talks about like uh, God's gifts and like how he gifted Mozart and he's like a vessel for the divine and like his music is like God speaking through a person. It's just so poignant and beautiful. And like, I totally get what he's saying. And like, the costumes are great. It's just, it's long and it feels long, but it's a very good, um, Tom Holtzy is in it and he voices Quasimodo in the Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is one of my favorite Disney movies. Um, but everyone kept their like accents like that they already had, which I think is very funny. Um, but I also like that. And like some of the wigs were over the top and it's just, who cares? It was so good. I highly recommend it. I mean, it's, it's, um, generally seen as a good, as a good movie. Yeah. Pretty sure it won an Oscar. So, you know, uh, good movie. (laughs) That's all I got to say. You're like, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Um, my fourth film, it's a very important film for me, and I will explain why, is um, Nocturnal Animals mm-hmm. from 2016, uh, directed by Tom Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, both his movies are phenomenal that he has directed. Mm-hmm. He just has an, an eye for these things. So for those who don't know what the film is about, um, Susan Morrow, who's played by Amy Adams, receives a book manuscript from her ex-husband, a man she left 20 years earlier, asking for her opinion on what he is writing. And as she reads, she is drawn into this fictional life of a character named Tony Hastings, who is a professor who goes on a family vacation that turns violent. Um, So it is a frame narrative. Uh, The cast itself is phenomenal. As I said, Amy Adams, the protagonist, it has our, our, our love, Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's there's just so many layers to the film. Um, visually, it's beautiful. Storyline, you become invested within this like fictional story within a fictional story. Um, and I, oh, I just love how that movie ends. Another just ending I'm so satisfied with. Um, the reason this movie is super important to me is it's the reason I met Dave actually was because of this film. Yeah, so um, Dave found me on Letterboxd, and wait, y'all met on Letterboxd? Okay, technically, where am I going with this? No, we. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like, where am I going? So we've followed each other on Instagram and Twitter for at least like a year or two. Like we had like mutual people in common. Um, and then he found me on Letterboxd and followed me and then actually messaged me privately on Twitter and saw my review for the film in which I'm actually going to pull up that review because I stand by it to this day. It's probably one of my most iconic reviews on my Letterboxd. Um, and he basically was like, oh my God, like I was going to watch this movie. I saw you watch it. I'm not saying it verbatim. It was definitely like a lot better worded and it was just super casual. And again, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't even know if a friendship was going to come out of it. I was just like, oh yeah, like it was super good. And like, we got to talking and then look, I mean, look where it, look what I, happened. Uh, <laughs> Now I live in Nashville. Um, so the the review I gave that movie, I said, Army Hammer saying I am useless is like music to my ears. And you guys look, are I stand meant for each other. <laughs> you and Dave, because, yeah. That's good. So, I'm, I'm glad it, it brought you guys together. So technically, is it a lie to say that we met through Letterboxd? Not really. It was more so the catalyst for the It is. And I think, honestly, I think it makes a better story. Yeah. Because I think that's, like, anti-Letterbox. Because Letterbox is, like, the place for virgins who don't get boyfriends. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, not speaking from experience, but... Anyway, <laughs> I'm just moving. Ar- I'm moving around again because that outlet was not working. Everyone, oh. so let's hope this one does. Because if not, I'm just gonna cry. <sighs> yeah. Okay. I think it's <gasps> it's working. It's working. That was a quote from the Phantom Menace. Everybody. Um, okay. And I get to lay down. Oh, girl. <laughs> I'm lounging now. <laughs> I've been in the same chair the entire time, but whatever. Um, my final movie, I'm not going to say that much about it, just because I think it speaks for itself, is 1999's The Mummy. Mm. All I have to say is Rachel Weisz, Brendan Fraser. All you ha- I was about to say, all you have to say is your obsession with Brendan Fraser. It's more like America's obsession with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, it's very Renaissance is coming. The Fraser sounds, if you will. <laughs> The Renaissance would probably be better. <laughs> but he's so hot in it. He's so good. I love a good adventure, action adventure film. Listen, I, I don't see it in him, the hotness, but I will give America what they I will give them their happiness. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, of course. <laughs> it's just such a great action adventure movie. I remember the ride at Universal really scaring me as a kid, but it's also like the best oh. ride there. I think might be my letterbox review. Um, love it. Can't wait to watch the rest in the series, but not the remake with Tom Cruise because fuck that. And uh, yeah, fuck, and fuck Tom Cruise. And fuck Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, so my la- my last one. Um, I know we're not rating these. This is. Um, I, it was put as my number one. We're not rating it. Mm-hmm. I just watched it this weekend. It is a 2021 film. It just came out. It is a documentary. Um, and it is Roadrunner. 
directed by Morgan Nelville, and it is a documentary that follows the life and death of acclaimed chef, father, and friend, Anthony Bourdain. Oh, was that the one where they, like, took his voice and, like, faked what he was saying? Yes. I don't love the ethics of that, but I also haven't seen the full doc, so... Yeah, so I did not know that until today, actually, when I was looking into the film, because mm-hmm. I got, so I actually didn't. My Our friend bought tickets for the film. We were going to do, like, a dinner date, the four of us, and then go see the movie. Unfortunately, she um, just got COVID. Ooh. So, yeah, so she's obviously quarantining and recovering, but we still have the tickets. So we're like, we're going to just go see this movie. Um, fun backstory to us going to see the movie. So we saw it on Sunday and it was downpouring here in Nashville. And let me tell you, there, um, I'm forgetting the term, uh, where all the water goes. Aqueducts? No. Aquifer? This is an ancient Rome. Okay, um, there's aqueducts in like Long, on Long Island. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. Um, no, it's <laughs> I'm just literally it's not irrigation, but basically where all like the rainwater goes into, like the whatever. I'm an English major. I'm I should know sure this. I, but okay. You probably are. Um, so they don't have a very well-developed system so things flood easily mm-hmm. uh, and this we had a park on the street because it's a we went to like this small indie theater that's down the road from us and um we had a park on the street and it was flooded very badly and it was torrential downpouring and we had to get into the theater so i had a mini umbrella and i was wearing nikes and basically i walked in head to toe soaked it looked like i just took a shower my i my my shoes and my socks were soaked it was so uncomfortable and the movie was two hours so i had to sit through that uncomfiness for two hours but well worth it the film was just so great I didn't know too much, honestly, about Anthony Bourdain going into the film. Like, well, I know that is that people think he's a cool guy. He thinks he's a what? No, people think he's a cool guy. Cool. I thought you said cruel guy. I'm like, actually, no. he's like, the, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm like, actually, he's the opposite of a cruel I guy. I know that he really liked the movie Ratatouille. So oh, for sure. That's cool. No, like he he stated that he did. Yeah, no, so, like, he, basically, he had his own show in which he traveled the world, and he was, like, the host of it, but what's really cool about the documentary, it explored his own ethics in terms of, like, he went to these countries that were, like, war-torn or, like, you know, impoverished and went to, like, all these different places where, like, he was there and, like, it messed with him. He's like, what, like, what is going Mm -hmm. on in this world? And it really opened up his perspective, and he tried to initiate change in so many ways, which was so fascinating to see um and you know obviously it went through his whole life and leading up to his suicide in 2018 um and it, i don't know it's just filmed very well it was perfectly balanced of like his um abrasive personality in which he just like curses his head off and manages to be so funny to obviously like it's one of those things where it's it's you know suicide and suicide prevention is one of those topics that's really heavy for a lot of people and it's always like those you never knew type situations because someone like him 
he seemed like a very happy go-getting guy until the very end in which he changed very drastically in a short amount of time. Um, so um, just to add, obviously, into this podcast, um, obviously, we live in a time where this is becoming more prevalent and more talked about, which is so important. And, you know, for all our listeners out there, we want to, you know, just reiterate the facts that there are resources to that are utilized and we have to our advantage, which we should be really appreciative of, that they might not have really had back then or have grown such as hotlines and websites and just any information you need about suicide prevention or just, you know, like I said, hotlines that people can reach out to if they ever need to talk to anyone. Um, but yeah, uh, it is a sensitive topic. So if you are going to watch a film like that, um, just a little warning in advance, you know, it, it is heavy, but it is worth the watch. Snaps. And that's the end of our movie category. It is. So moving on to our final category, which is albums. Um, yeah. I have five, two of which we've spoken about on this podcast. Okay. It is what it is. Um It'd be like my, my first one I haven't spoken about like at all. Um, and that is the album Everything's Fine by Jamie Drake. And she's not a particularly new artist, but she's new to me. Um, she's kind of like this eclectic folk indie singer. This album I listened to when I was driving up to Massachusetts for the first time. Mm. And her music is just so like transformative and comforting and I really enjoy her voice and the kind of vibe she creates if you will um a few of my favorite tracks from the album are Redwood Tree I'm trying to think about the other ones that I really like Wonder is another one and uh, As the Tide Comes In I believe is the name of the third one I really like but the entire album's really good um I haven't heard of this artist so I'm excited yeah she's she's I great I want to check her out I highly recommend that album it's very chill it's kind of got these spring summery mm. chill vibes yeah great to drive to or just to chill out to um yeah my my first choice for album is it's a long title album it's a touch of the beat gets you up on your feet gets you out and then into the sun which is ali and aj's new album that came out in 2021 mm -hmm. uh it i love how you know they're a sister band uh we love strong women in music who are siblings and collaborate and make awesome jams um, I've been obviously a big fan of them since their Disney Channel days, both as, you know, acting and musicians. Obviously, Ali Mashaka, she's in Easy A, one of my favorite films, so how can I not be a stan? Um, it's just so great to see also how their sound has morphed as they've mm -hmm. matured, gotten older, and just lyrically how they're exploring these different topics. It's such a great album to drive to. Um, it's it's 
it's got that summer vibes, uh, something, something for the girls to enjoy. Um, <laughs> my top three from the album is Break Yourself, Stomach, which is a really good one, and then Personal Cathedrals. If I were ever to get an Ali and AJ tattoo, it'd be from Personal Cathedrals. It is such a bop. It's something that you could just be like semi tipsy to and dancing in a beautiful ball gown as the night is ending with your your silly little drink. It's a bop. I I still haven't listened to it, but I, I should because I really enjoy their music. It's a very good album. Um, next is one that we devoted an entire episode to, and that's Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Um since we've already spoken about it, I'm just going to say that it's still culture culturally resonant. I still listen yes. to it all the time. And my top three as it stands now are brutal, um, good for you and jealousy, jealousy. Mm, I so, love me. Jealousy. I love me some jealousy. jealousy. <laughs> and I'll also say I was at um, a car repair place um yesterday because I have to get my car um repaired and the woman is like opening my hood and like looking at all the the damage and totaling up what we need to do and like across the parking lot (laughs) I hear just like very faintly um enough for you I think but like it's that someone's blasting it out of their car and I can hear it all the way from where I am and so that person, I hope you get well soon because you're going through something and you're a queen, period. Okay. As her, lack, as her last track emanates, I hope you're okay. Mm-hmm. Hope you're okay. Exactly. Yeah. Hope you're okay. Um, uh, my number two is another... Um, I guess it's an, I think it's an EP technically that mm-hmm. came out in 2021. It's from our boy, Grayson Chance. Why who I this list? Oh, he's going to oh, hate me because he doesn't he listen to <laughs> um, And it's his EP album, whatever you want to call it, Trophies. Um, mm-hmm. I actually just saw him in concert this past weekend. It was my first time seeing him live. That's crazy. Um, Yes. I've seen him like a million times, but I know that's you not have. A, that's not a flex, by the way. That's I said it very quietly for a reason. I love She's Grayson. a super stan. Uh, I do too, honestly. I I have to be honest with everyone. Obviously, I'm newer to the fan base. I wasn't around. Like I knew of him obviously when he first came out. So I've watched him. Yes, you're a veteran. I've watched him grow. Um, but I didn't really get into him until Portraits came out. Mm that album, that album um, so and it was good. it's so good and a friend showed it to me and I just have grown to respect him as a human so much um I can set me and Dave actually talked about it on our walk it was so beautiful the venue was like a block away from our apartment so we got to walk there Ooh. and yes and we talked about it on the walk back he is probably one of the one of in my top five performers I've seen live he knows how to command a stage as if he's performing in a stadium. Mm-hmm. Like he literally was in a very small venue and he he was 
he treated that place as if he was in MetLife Stadium. Like he commanded the room and he's so personable and he's so friendly and just again, vocals were served. Um, and then it was actually really adorable. He brought up some girl for one of his songs and she talked about like her connection to him and she was a vet fan. And Wait, what was her name? I, I can't even tell. I really don't remember. So they like, definitely I probably vi- know her. <laughs> you probably know her. There's definitely video out there of her. She oh. had a, it was so cute. She had a, she's there with friends. So she had this like pink cowboy hat on. And then Grayson went over to the other friend and like took her hat and put it on. My one friend has a pink cowgirl hat, but I don't know if she was at that concert. Wait, it might have. Was she blonde? I don't remember. Oh shit. Hold on. I don't think I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think okay. she was blonde. No. Um, but they had just like a cute moment, like obviously in front of everyone in the audience, and it was just so like genuine. And she was like getting so excited. I think she's met him before, mm. but like it, it was just like what he, he meant to her, and like she was just like saying all these like cool. Fa- oh, so I think like I remember her saying like when he first appeared on Ellen, that was actually her birthday. Mm. They're like just like all these crazy cool connections and like i said very just uh, he is a performer he vocally so talented he's a performer and like he is just so grounded in his craft and who he is as a human being and the message he gave to the audience that night i don't know i was just very thoroughly impressed and again, like I'm not a super fan where I know all his lyrics, all his songs, but I was very impressed. So kudos to Grayson, you're a star. Okay, I found the girls. I found her Instagram. I I actually I don't think I know her, but Okay. Anyway. Um yeah, I can't wait to see him again. He's so he's so great. He's so, he's so good. Um, and just watching how he's grown over the years and like come into his own in this new style and just being himself more is just it's yeah. gorgeous love we love to see it um, we do love to see it so my next album is and this came out 2020 but um, is Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple um, yes. I think Fiona Apple's so talented and so underrated, and I think... She is such a bad bitch. What society has done to her is so shitty. She's, like, such a, an artist and love her to bits. Um, this album is so multifaceted and interesting, and it's but it still has a signature Fiona Apple sound and feel to it. Um, I just highly recommend, like, you really just have to listen to it to know. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. And if yeah. you don't know, I honestly feel bad for you. Like, um, <laughs> my top three wrecks would be Shumika, which I believe won a Grammy. Um, the title track, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, um, and Under the Table and Newspaper. Those are all amazing. I mean, the whole album is great, but specifically those are chef's kiss love you fiona Mm. can't wait to see what you do next period period um 
yeah, sorry, everyone. I didn't give a top three for Grayson's because it's an EP, so it's short. So yeah, it's you only like six listen, songs. Literally, just go listen to the whole thing. My this, my number, this is three, right? That we, we're doing now? Three? Yes. Yes. Um, is actually from, this one's from 2020. So we're going back a year, but I, it came on in the car, I think on my drive down here to Nashville. And it's something I definitely listened a lot in 2021. And when it came out in 2020, um, it very much is an album that is, if you're, if, if you absolutely hate country, you probably wouldn't give it a chance because it's labeled as a country album, but everyone should go listen to it. It's Gaslighter from the Chicks. Yeah, well, are the Chicks even technically country anymore? Because like, I feel like half the country music like fandom, if you will, like doesn't want to listen to them anymore because they don't like Republicans. I don't know. Yeah, so going to <laughs> kind of tagging along with the whole Fiona Apple of it all yeah really treated her um yeah what year was that when they got like basically two it was the early 2000s yes and they made that comment yes they made the comment on bush and how because he was from texas and they said we are basically we are ashamed that we that he comes from the same place as us and then that's when they were you know basically booted from the music community and all these people just like canceled them and they lost most of their fandom um honestly good they lost the terrible part of it mm-hmm. because they still have dedicated fans um it is have you listened to that album no but i listened to a few songs and it's really good <laughs> i'm gonna say it and i don't care anyone at home who wants to debunk my theory go for it. I don't give a fuck. Um, this is basically this album is how do I word this? And I know it's going to be so controversial because I'm using a Beyonce type. Honestly, Gaslighter is what Lemonade could have been. Wow. I'm not even like the biggest Beyonce fan and I felt something shift. Something, I, something, listen, just, something just shifted. Things are about to get weird. <laughs> I think they threw more into this than Miss Knowles did. Okay. Um, it, listen, it was a very messy breakup and she threw it into those songs where you just sit there and you're like, for a whole, I hate to be you. (laughs) I hate, yeah, I hate to be you right now. Like listening to like, all every song oh my god it's so it's so good it's it's those songs you want to scream in your car with the windows down and mm-hmm. think about all the people who have wronged you regardless of how they relate to your life um Reagan. yes <laughs> ronald reagan this is your hate track and your last. Welcome, welcome welcome to your tape um <laughs> gaslighter of course the the um the titular role phenomenal uh, uh, song sleep at night is another really great one and then i also love this song it's called my best friend's wedding it's more of a slower song but lyrically it's so beautiful it builds and it's a full circle narrative where it tells the story um and they sample a charlotte lawrence song 
they don't sample it. They actually cover one of her songs, I should say. Sorry. Um, you know, everyone knows how much I love her and how much I talk about her on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So everybody loves you from Char- Charlotte Lawrence. They covered it. And I was so just not necessarily blown away with their cover, but blown away from the fact that, that they knew who she was because she's not like super big yet. And they chose to cover that song. Well, they do a lot of stuff with like, not smaller artists, but like that field of artists, I guess. Cause isn't, wasn't their album produced by Jack Antonoff or co-produced? I believe so. I believe so. So, I mean, I think uh, Jack probably knows Charlotte Lawrence, which is probably, he knows everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jack knows the world. He doesn't know me. Well, maybe he does. Um, you, you don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just added that to my liked album so I could listen to it later. You've you convinced Yay. me, babe. <laughs> so good. I can't wait to get your text later about it. You will. Um, next on my list is, in general, an artist, but a specific album as well. This is an artist I've always liked, but has I've only really gotten into this year, and that is Peter Gabriel. So not up okay. and coming, up and came, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> um, and oh I've been listening to his his first album, um, which is just called Peter Gabriel One Car, um, and it's it's really good. He's like so theatrical. Um, you can still hear a lot of like you know, Genesis stuff in there or stuff that sounds very similar to that. But there's also a lot of fun, folksy, just like eclectic sounds going on um, that he just really leaned into and it makes it a super diverse listen. Um, I would say my favorite tracks, this album came out in 1977, by the way. So I'm a little late. Um, well, one of these songs is one of my favorite songs of all time, and that's Salisbury Hill. The joy I feel listening to that song, I feel like the protagonist. It gives me those vibes. Um, I could cry, honestly. I could throw up. Had many epiphanies. While would it bring to that you? Song. Out, would it bring you out of a coma? It would definitely help. It doesn't okay. quite have that like sonically it's not the veronica's sonically yeah no 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 it's 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 no untouched by the veronica's i also really like um waiting for the big one down the dolce vita here comes the flood and warbun the burgermeister which Mm. again some of these are very interesting songs like they're not casual listening songs at all like you have to pay attention to this album but it's so good i can't wait to go through the rest of his discography because it is extensive but i just love peter gabriel i think he's great and you can also uh, like um, hear his influence in like vampire weekends music and bleachers so that's really interesting as well yeah i'm glad that you're you are throwing it back to some older music and bringing it into 2021 to like set your mood I love all types of music. I've said it before. As you should. Um, Dave was playing The Stranger by Billy Joel on vinyl yesterday when I was cooking dinner. He truly didn't know that Billy Joel was a Long Island thing. I was like, do you not know Long Island? I'm like, like, he works in the music industry. How does he not know this? 
exactly. I'm like literally. I'm like that's like the punchline of Long Island. Olivia like, Billy Joel. <laughs> Truly, I was the one who showed you that Billy Joel is from Long Island. Yes. Yeah, that really is half of Long Island. It's Billy Joel and bagels. Billy Joel and the L-I- bagels <laughs> beaches. L L I R R. L I R R. Billy Joel. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, like, anyways, I don't even watch New Girl and I know that reference. <laughs> I say it all the time. Um, my number four, another album that came out in 2020, so the year before, but I really brought it into this year. Specifically, I'm not going to talk about a top three song. I'm going to talk about a, a, a one song, and I'm just going to go in on it because you and I do enjoy this song very much. Um, so this album is Notes on a Conditional Form from the 1975. And the song that I want to talk about is track nine, which is Jesus Christ 2005, God Bless America, which features Phoebe Bridgers. I was listening to this, I think, in the car yesterday, and Dave was in the car with me, and I had to play it twice in a row. I was like, no, we didn't fully enjoy the way I needed to. Let's start from the beginning. You're insane. I can listen to that song probably five times a day, every day. I never get sick of it. It tells such a fantastic story. And I I, um, I looked into it lyrically, like why Maddie Healy, you know, chose this narrative. And also that, you know, the title of the song is like very interesting. It's, and it's, it's very like, like Fall Out Boy-ish, that title. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, what does this have to do with the song? And then obviously it is a queer narrative from dual perspectives of people who can't show their love for someone they love. And it's basically, um, the opening line is, I'm in love with Jesus Christ, he's so nice. And that is supposed to be a very sarcastic line. And it's basically the 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 song is the dichotomy of, you know, sexuality versus faith um, and where that lies in terms of American culture, especially in the early 2000s, in a time where, you know, homophobia was so rampant in America and like I was reading statistics on it just during that time like if you took like a poll like a majority it was definitely more than 50% of America's disagreed with same-sex marriage and how much how much it has shifted today um I just also love Phoebe's part in the song Uh, obviously we everyone knows by this point that you and I are farbs calling all farbs her episode Will come one day. She will. I just need um, to do a whole Phoebe Bridgers retrospective if she ever drops a new album. I unfortunately, unfortunately, she's not touring in Nashville, which I'm a little upset about. But we touring in New York, like I didn't, I didn't go- get tickets. We are going to see her in Louisville. Oh, I didn't even get tickets, mostly because I don't have any money. But also, I, she's touring during to- a time where I'm very busy. So. Yeah, we're going to Kentucky, baby. Um, I don't know. Oh, if he, I, I forgot if he got the tickets. I think he did. Or we're like, yeah, we're going to just get them and stop. Hub. Regardless, in our minds, we're going. Okay. Yeah. Word. Okay. You're number one. My number, well, yeah, just the last one on this list. And this is also one that we've spoken about here before. And that is Inside, in parentheses, the songs, by Bo Burnham, which accompanied his inside comedy slash musical special. Comedy even seems wrong. 
Um, I mean, I think this is just like so far this year, my number one like piece of content that I've latched onto the most and like has provided me the most in all its essences, I suppose. Um, I just think Bo is so smart and talented and I have not stopped listening to this. And so many of the people I love in my life have also enjoyed it. So it's like something that brings us all together um, and it's just comforting. Um, and like, besides just being like, like funny and interesting to watch as a special, like listening to the album is so good. And it's almost like a supplement if you don't want to watch the special, even though you should. Yeah. Um, it's just, there's like songs I just like to listen to just because they're good. Um, so many of my friends have been posting like screenshots of them listening to the album, just like on a, just like on a regular day, like a daily yeah. basis type thing. And like, yeah, it's like. You can. Yeah. Um, I would say my favorite tracks right now are the, both of the Bezos songs I just think are so funny and sonically amazing, even though we should have left that bitch in space. Um, that's relevant, right? Um, <laughs> I really like 30. And I still really love that funny feeling slash also all eyes on me. Like the second half of the special slash album is just so poignant and emotional. It's so good. Oh, love you, Bo. Shout out to Bo Burnham once again. Come on the pod, if you will. Yeah. LHBO to get in contact with us. Or- we we want we want two things on this podcast. We want Bo Burnham and HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we definitely have we definitely have, we have more. A few. We, yeah, we have a few. We have yeah. Reeve Carney, Amber Riley, open yeah. invitation to all of them, as well as Fran Lebowitz. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone anyway. under the sun. Anyways, um, so my last album. Um, anyone who knows me, I have this like weird, it's not weird. I'm not I'm not quirky, no. Wow. Um, it's just like I have this I have this niche um obsession with early two thousands music and television shows. Yeah. You're a Y2K girl. Yeah. Um, so my number one, again, this did not come out in 2021. It came out actually 2001. So 20 years ago, 20 year anniversary, baby. Um, this spirit room from Michelle branch. I don't think I talk. Branch. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I talk about her enough on this podcast. You don't. Um, You should talk about her a lot more. I know. Honestly, she's up there with Vanessa Carlton. I think they're like my two top girlies. I do love them both so much. Mm-hmm. And I would love to get brunch with the two of them one day. That is just the ultimate dream. I need that for you. Um, it's just such a great album. She's a great musician. Um, everyone should praise her daily for her contribution to the music industry. Uh so for work, my first week was last week. So 
one of the um they put it together this presentation so we can get to know like everyone at the job so they ask for a photo of us they ask for like a favorite quote and then they ask for like what's your pump up or your turn up jam oh right i remember you I texted you about this yes no you facetimed me at work <laughs> oh yes i did okay so i was really like you know Oh. You know, meeting new, moving to a new state, meeting new people is you know, very intimidating. And I'm like, I don't want to give off a wrong impression, especially at work where you're supposed to be professional. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, obviously, I can't pick like Cream by Iggy Azalea. You can. It would I just can. be weird. It would be. And and weird. They would. I don't. And well, so the thing is, they play the songs too. Oh yeah, that definitely would have been. So the, yeah, <laughs> it just would not have gone well. So I'm like, honestly. I went with my the answer my heart was giving me, and it was such it was such a true answer. It's everywhere by Michelle Branch. It's probably mm -hmm. my top ten favorite songs of all time. It's a um, song. How like I know it's not the traditional pump up song, but how can you not like get pumped up? No, it? I think it, I think I could get pumped up to it as much as a song from two thousand one could. Yes. Oh, like I. And I was just like looking around the room as that song was playing, and there was a few people who were like older than my, me, who like probably were teenagers when that song came out. Mm. Like, you gave I them saw a them trip. Like, I did. I saw them mouthing the words, and I was like, "I see you over there." I'm like, "You're welcome." Um, so yeah, I I highly anticipate um the day when i have all of her albums on cd i'm almost there honestly i ever since i came to nashville like i'm just surrounded by music and like mm -hmm. music stores and stuff so i've been going to a lot of like these really cool like thrift music stores and getting like cds and vinyls so i've gotten two michelle branch albums in a week i got hotel paper from 2003 and then her ep from 2009 everything comes and goes so i'm really excited to like racking up these albums um and honestly i don't know if she has her music on vinyl but i think for record store day in the future she should release her debut spirit room on like a really pretty vinyl because i will be first in line i i will be going ham and i will go hunger games on people trying to get that album on vinyl i believe it what were some yeah. of the other people's um pump up songs oh oh wait Hold on, let me think. They're <laughs> me not paying attention to anyone but myself. What a Leo trait. Really? <laughs> no, I I ha I have answers, but for the sake of if my coworkers ever find my podcast, I don't want to roast them. Um but you know, this is a safe space. I will, and I will apologize in advance. You know, I gotta be unapologetically, authentically me. Yeah. Someone, cho someone chose "Levitating" from Dua Lipa, which is totally fine. She's a bop, but they chose the radio version featuring the baby, and like that, just ev every every part of my soul was just screaming, and my bones were whittling, and it, it just that. No. Um, I'm trying to think of the other one because it was like a slideshow presentation that yeah. they have on in the mornings. Um, that's the only one that stood out because I was like, "Ooh, that's like a radio song." I see you. Um, someone definitely had a Lady Gaga song, Miss Miss Monster over there. Oh, Shebe, that's what they had. Shebe? You mean yeah. Shisa? No. Maybe I don't know. Is it like S H E I that weird B 
B thing and then an E? Probably. Yeah, it's the German word for bullshit. So you pronounce it scheiße. Yeah, that's I'm, like, <laughs> that's I'm multilingual. <laughs> Yeah, I, clearly I'm not. Um, she, I don't speak German, but I can if you like, babe. You need to listen to more Lady Gaga. I know, listen. You have a gap not, in your musical history. I have a gap in my gay card. Listen, I'm not yeah, that guy. They're not punching that one. Yeah, they're, they're not. Shibi? Shibi? I'm Shibi? Calling all sharps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the other ones that they had up there. Like, literally, this is so bad. I just don't pay attention to people. It's going to be so bad. <laughs> it's oh so God. bad. Well, also, I've just been overwhelmed with the new job and, like, just trying to figure yeah. out, like, my new work environment and space. And honestly, everyone there has been super friendly. So I cannot thank them enough for, like, putting up with my New York ass and my nonsense. So. And your Leo ass. Yeah. So shout out to everyone at my job. They're doing the Lord's work. Anyway. That was Anyways. the end of all of our our things. Um, it's been what a wrap a, up! It's been an interesting uh, interesting year so far, but yeah. I'm glad that I've had this podcast to keep me doing something and keeping me productive. It's keeping me sane, honestly. Like it's just been a rough transition to a new state. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love where I'm living. I love my boyfriend of course Mm -hmm. um it's just emotionally taxing in ways i did not imagine so for all those folks out there at home listening who have moved to different places um especially if they've moved out of state and gone somewhere so new and out of their comfort zone like i give you all the props in the world because this is definitely a lot more challenging than i thought it would be and that i anticipated but you know i'm just rolling with the punches and just i'm trying to stay alive word word (laughs) that was my my virgo unemotional ass response yeah to that so true Um, so true but yeah it's this podcast has brought me and craig closer which i really appreciate we were already disgustingly good friends but now we're business partners in a way and collaborators We're, we're, we're business moguls they want to be us. Um, yeah, and it's just, yeah, it's been great to have something to come back to and to feel productive about and to share with the world because I'm sometimes not very good at sharing things. Sometimes I overshare, but this is a way that I can share and it's not always about me. Yes, nice. it's, a, it's about others. It's about the things we enjoy. Which is, bringing, I guess, subjective and then ultimately comes back to me. But yeah, but we're bringing people together through the things that we mutually enjoy. So yeah, there's, yeah the things that other people like too. Um, so it's going to be really hard to sync the outro, but it is what it is. Yeah. We're in two different time zones. We're not in the same room. Um, Craig's outside, so you probably heard airplanes and other shit going on. You probably just heard everything going on, so my apologies in advance on the flop. But also, you signed up to listen to this. Like, you knew what you were getting into. We're not going to be that sorry. Um, all that being said, I've been Kay. I've been Craig. And go watch. Go watch. <laughs> this is not sing at all. A goddamn, goddamn movie. movie. That was awful. I can't do anything about it. All right.
Thank it's you. it's very metaphoric of what's been been going on. But thanks everyone. Bye.